This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shops, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. There was only one question for the government spokesperson to answer while in the hot seat this morning and that related to the conduct of the Deputy Chief Whip Christopher Pincher. Pincher resigned following a complaint which alleged he had groped two men while drunk at the Carlton Club. Sophie Rayworth asked the Work and Pension Secretary Therese Coffey if the Prime Minister had been aware of any untoward behaviour before appointing Pincher to his role. Did the Prime Minister know that there were allegations of sexual misconduct against Chris, fin- uh, Chris Pincher when he appointed him as Deputy Chief Whip? To the best of my understanding, uh, the Prime Minister has not been aware of specific allegations against uh, Chris Pincher. Uh, as people will know, uh, Chris underwent an investigation back in 2017 uh, that, uh, after a formal allegation was made. He was investigated and Theresa May reappointed him, in fact promoted him to the role of Deputy Chief Whip at that time. Uh, but since then, uh, uh, Chris has continued to serve in government. And what's important, I think, about what's happened the last week, that specific allegations were made and a very proactive uh, decision was made to remove the whip, uh, as well as uh, Chris had already resigned from government. You say, to the best of your knowledge, he didn't know about that. Who, who have you asked? Who have you spoken to? Well, my understanding is no specific allegations were uh, uh, have been made. Uh, those have now been made, uh, and uh, as I say, decisive action has been taken. But, but I'm just <clears> wondering <throat> where you where you have got this information from. I mean, to the best of your knowledge, have you spoken to the prime minister? I have not spoken to the prime minister. No, he has been returned uh, from. Um, uh, International Week, uh, G7, NATO, Commonwealth. Uh, I think he returned on Friday, but uh, uh, that's my understanding. So how can you be sure that he didn't know about the allegations? Well, I'm saying that I've been informed this, uh, this morning he did not know about specific allegations. Uh, as has been well reported, uh, people spoke to him on Friday and uh, in agreement with the chief whip, the whip was uh, removed from uh, Chris Pincher, who, by the way, is now under a formal investigation process and it's important that process is allowed to happen. Coffey's answer to Rayworth followed a difficult interview with Sophie Ridge on Sky News. Ridge was not forgiving of Coffey's lack of detailed knowledge of the issue. Well, I've just said to you, I'm not involved in any of those uh, direct conversations. Well, why don't, uh, but why don't you ask? I just, I don't, you know, I, I, I get, you know, perhaps it's easier just to be able to come on uh, these programmes and say, look, I don't know, so who knows? But, but, but surely well, you I, must I, ask to try and find out, you know, that's the first thing that most people would do. When do, did the Prime Minister know? So that when I am asked this question, I can give the answer. Well, as I've just outlined to you what um, has been suggested in terms of uh, things were referred uh, but nevertheless, uh, when somebody phoned the Prime Minister, uh, particularly on Friday, I think it was, um, he agreed with the Chief Whip that this, uh, whip should, uh, the whip should be suspended. Sorry, I, don't, so I, don't, I, I genuinely don't understand that sentence, that um, it was suggested and things were referred. I, I don't, what does that mean? Well, I think it's been well laid out, um, Sophie, that uh, uh, when the appointment for becoming Deputy Chief Whip again, um, moving from a different ministerial post... Uh, it was uh, vet, went through vetting process like normal. Um, but as I say, I'm not directly involved in those discussions. Um, I'm not going to try and do so, and I'm not part of that more general uh, kind of rumour speculation mill within Westminster. I am aware that he, the Prime Minister was not aware of specific claims that had been made. OK, so you say that, as far as you know, the Prime Minister was not made aware 
of specific claims in 2017. So I feel that's quite important. If you just look at what's in the papers today, they say that Craig Whitaker actually resigned from the Whip's office because of the Prime Minister's decision to appoint Chris Pincher. We know, of course, uh, Dominic Cummings tweeted this week to say, if the PM didn't know about Pincher as he's claiming, why did he repeatedly refer to him laughingly in number 10 as Pincher by name, Pincher by nature, long before appointing him? Do you really believe the Prime Minister was not aware of any specific allegations? Um, I've just suggested or said I don't think the PM was aware of specific claims, no. It was news to me in the mor this morning to read the reason given why Craig Witter resigned from government uh, and I have no idea what Dominic uh, Cummings uh, tweets on anything, so uh, I don't follow his uh, Twitter handle. The apparent renewal of the Pestminster crisis allowed the Shadow Business Secretary, Jonathan Reynolds, to take a swipe at the government. I think we've got to acknowledge what the consistent problem is, and it is a Conservative Party that repeatedly chooses to do what is politically expedient over what is right, and that's whether it's the matter of those MPs that were charged with serious sexual offences, at Charlie Elphick and Andrew Griffiths, who were then let back into the Conservative Party because that was the short-term interest they adopted. Um, it's clear from what we know uh, this morning that Chris Pinter should never have been put back into the Whip's office. It's a wider pattern of behaviour too, isn't it? I mean, Owen Patterson breaking the rules and then having the Seeking the Conservative Party seeking to redraw those rules to his advantage. And if you have a situation, no matter what else is going on, where people believe no matter what they do, they will not be held accountable to that because of their relationship to Boris Johnson or the position or the internal politics of the Conservative Party, I think you are asking for the kind of problems which they have got. I accept uh, that the more recent cases have been skewed towards the Conservative Party. I do accept that. But there have been issues within the Labour Party as well, uh, have there not? Um, the majority of the MPs Conservative, but Mike Hill, Ivan Lewis, Calvin Hopkins, all Labour MPs who have resigned in the last few years uh, over their conduct. The investigation to Calvin Hopkins didn't even reach a conclusion because it took so long that he resigned his membership. And the uh, complainant in that case, Labour act activist, tweeted to say that she hopes Keir Starmer listens to her concerns and fixes this broken system. Labour is also not squeaky clean on this, are you? No, well, a case like that is not acceptable, and I can tell you it wouldn't happen again. Uh, as well as being the Shadow Business Secretary, I am a member of the Labour Party's National Executive Committee. I have the humility, Sophie, to know, yes, we have problems. I'm often a person who has to respond and, and deal with those. But I can tell you that we don't have what I observe in the Conservative Party, which is the repeated uh, decision to make the wrong decision if that's in whatever short-term interest they perceive they have. I don't think they've taken these things seriously. I think they've made decisions which they shouldn't have made. I can't believe some of the things that are in the papers today about what the Prime Minister may have personally been aware of before he made decisions like this. And, and, but all the politics suffers. There's no doubt about that. It, it, it affects the reputation of us all, and that's what I find so frustrating. And I think it's right that people demand better. Rayworth asked the Greater Manchester Mayor Andy Burnham for his feelings about the recent rumblings of industrial action. The strikes, actual and threatened, have been met with a lukewarm response from the Labour front bench in Westminster. Do you support workers going out on strike to get pay rises so that they can cope with the cost of living? Nobody in my position should ever, in my view, uh, criticise people for trying to protect their incomes in a cost of living crisis. That is absolutely uh, what they should be able uh, to do. Uh, and, of course, they would say, the unions say themselves, nobody wants to see strikes. But when you're faced with a government that is sitting on its hands and doing nothing, then strikes become inevitable. And I'm putting to you, we don't want to uh, see that. It requires people getting around the table and sorting this out. You know, it just cannot be right to see inflation getting up towards 10%. 
And then, on the other hand, saying to workers, well, you can't do anything. You're not entitled to protect uh, your, your income. Uh, I mean, that is just simply, simply wrong. So, so uh, do you... a completely so just, different approach from the government. Just to be clear, do you support the, the rail workers going out on strike? Do you support the, the BA ground staff who are threatening to go out on strike in the next couple of weeks? I support the rail workers. I support the BA staff uh, in that they have got to do what they need to do to protect... Uh, their income. So I'm giving you a very clear answer about that. And I think Westminster more broadly needs to wake up to the scale of the cost of living crisis. Two and a half weeks till Westminster breaks for the summer. I don't think the country has a plan in place yet to take people safely through the autumn and through the winter period. What I said before, that rise in energy bills and a further rise in food prices means that people this winter will be uh, going cold in their homes and they won't be eating enough. It's, you, it's actually you... not just a cost-of-living crisis, it's a health crisis as well. It's a mental health uh, crisis. It requires much more decisive action uh, from the government right now. Rayworth also spoke to the head of the Health Security Agency, Dr Jenny Harries, about the current wave of Covid cases. According to the figures that you're looking at, how high do you think it could go and when could it peak? What we're seeing mostly at the moment is a rise in the um, Omicron variants BA4 and 5, and particularly we're looking at BA5, which seems to have uh, a growth advantage. So the majority of cases in the UK now are BA4, 5, and it is BA5 which is really pushing and driving this current wave. It doesn't look as though that wave has finished yet, so uh, we would anticipate that hospital cases uh, will rise, uh, and it's possible, quite likely, that they will actually peak over uh, the previous BA2 wave. And finally, the former Chief of the Defence Staff, Lord Richard Dannett, criticised the government's decision to cut the number of soldiers in the British Army. Um, under some pressure, the Prime Minister has now agreed to increase our defence budget to move towards 2.5% of GDP by the end of the decade. But, and here's another quite narrow point, but important point, we're still going ahead in this country with reducing our army by 10,000 troops over the next few years. Frankly, that's madness, because if NATO is going to go to 300,000 high readiness troops, we've got to play our part in that. And reducing our army further just makes no sense whatsoever. So domestically, we welcome the rise to 2.5% of GDP, but we must reverse the cuts in numbers to the army and also increase our investment in our army, our land war fighting capability. I'm afraid the future is not going to be a return to things pre 24th of February. The future is going to be a grumpy resurgent Russia on the borders of countries in Eastern Europe. And we've got to play our part in deterring further Russian aggression. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And... If you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs>